Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumpte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. No uh, Spencer today on the show, but Colin and I are here as we welcome you into today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me is Colin McLaughlin. And Colin, uh, another big day of sports coming up on the show. We got high school football playoffs coming up uh, this weekend, and we actually picked up a game for tomorrow. We will have now the Wheeling Park at Musselman game as that game was moved um, from Friday to Thursday due to the weather expected uh, in the Eastern Panhandle on Friday, but the Martinsburg game is still going to be played Friday. I presume that has to do with Musselman having the grass field. Uh, you, know, you don't want to risk injuries. Martinsburg has that turf field, so rain, not as big of an issue there. Um, so Thursday night football will have it for you with a 7.30 kickoff, is that correct? And yes, then... 7.30 kickoff and a 7 o'clock pregame show tomorrow. Yeah, so that should be fun uh, to have that game, but we'll talk about maybe that one a little bit more as the week goes on. Uh, let's start the show, though, with the interviews we had yesterday. Gotta the... get the read, don't forget. Okay, you yeah. want to do that, Colin? Our show's brought to you by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. And I know I just kind of forced tagged you in the tag team, but now I'm going to tag you back. All right, sounds good. Well, we had uh, two interviews yesterday with two of the coaches that are in the playoffs outside of Musselman and Martinsburg. We'll start with the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles, Matt Faircloth. We're now joined by Hedgesville head coach Matt Faircloth and Coach Faircloth. Your team finally in the postseason for the first time since you've been the head coach. What's it like having your team finally get? I mean, it's big for all the work they've put in. And finally, you know, the benefit of all the hard work and dedication they've put in over the last process. Finally be able to get into the playoffs. You know, get ourselves a chance to go on and run. Coach, what was it like uh, last week knowing that your team was kind of in control of its own destiny and all you had to do was get the win? And not only you get the win, but you, you dominate against Hampshire. I mean, ever since pretty much the bus we win another one. We're going to go each week. I think the pressure mounted. It became so much so down. We were down. Uh, people tried to try to uh, a little bit, but once we got everybody back, you know, it finally started to click a little bit Friday night. You know, And coach, I saw on social media yesterday Xavier Kirk went down and how's his health and uh, how's the team overall health wise? He cramped up pretty good Friday night. Uh you know, he he's a I'm at that school now, you know. Uh so he's good he'll be ready to rock and roll Friday night. And the only guys that we haven't got back are guys that fall you know, for us. You know, but it's good to be back to about eighty five percent health fund. Coach, this week, the one versus the 16 seed, you guys have to be the David and Goliath, it seems like, for AAA against Parkersburg South. So what's your team need to do to get that huge upset in the state to really shock some people? Oh, I mean, the biggest thing about it, you know, I got to ask the same question. You know, for us, we played we play top five teams all year. You know, we played more than 
for us, we got to go out and we got to we got to find ways to, uh, to some of their weakness, some of our strengths, and you know, we got to go out and play a clean game. And if we can do that, I think we can drag them into some deep water. Uh, but I keep reminding people, uh, in 2018, the last time we were in playoffs, we had to, we had to make that trip to Parkersburg South. And we pulled up set then. So anything can happen for us. We just got to go out and do our thing. Coach, what stands out to you about this year's Parkersburg South team? Uh, they're, they're really athletic, that's for sure. Uh, you know, number one, the receiver for them uh, is probably one of the most electrifying kids we've played all year. Quarterback's really mobile. Uh, throws really well. They're big up front, and I mean they fly around on defense. They they really pursue the football. And for us, I think if we can get if we can get the ball out and eliminate their blitz game uh, for their defense, I think we can do some things offensively. You know, we got we got to be alignment assignment. We got to rally through the football like we did Friday night. All right, coach. Any final thoughts? No, nah, I'm good, fellas. I appreciate everything. And Colin, we uh, actually saw Parkersburg South in the first round last year when they were the 16 seed traveling, or I'm sorry, they were the 15 seed traveling to Martinsburg. Uh, so, kind of familiar with this team. Quarterback Robert Shockey returns. Uh, Trow, the receiver that he was talking about, Coach Faircloth, um, he was an explosive weapon for them last year. And when I look at this matchup, while Parkersburg South obviously being the one has you know a great chance to win this game I think there is an opportunity for Hedgesville to potentially make it interesting early on at least because we have seen Park South struggle uh, defensively at times this year and being in some shootouts and Hedgesville we know when they're healthy has the ability to put up some points and have an exciting football team on their side. Yeah, and we mentioned this yesterday. If it came to the shootout situation, which side would you like more? And I love the fact that you brought up the point about last year we got the Sea Park South in the playoffs. It was against Martinsburg, though, and that at first almost seemed like it could have potentially been a shootout as well, and we could see the potential in the offense building for Park South. It just wasn't there yet compared to this year where Martinsburg killed them 83 to 20 last year but when you put up 20 points against Martinsburg you still gotta be happy with what you got out of that deal and you're not playing Martinsburg this time around you're playing Hedgesville and I, I said yesterday if it becomes a shootout type situation I like Park South and their offense even though I don't dislike the offense of Hedgesville, I just feel like because of the guys that have to play both sides of the ball, and we've seen time and time again when it seems like it's going to be a shootout, that the defense can't make stops for Hedgesville, unfortunately, that you like the Patriots if that's the case. And even if it's not the case, I I still think I like the Patriots. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough for Hedgesville there going on the road as a 16 seed, uh, playing a team in Park South that has that playoff experience whether it was a you know an eighty three twenty loss like you said, Colin, it still is some some experience that Hedgesville doesn't have on its roster. Um, so I think that plays a big factor, and also they're the number one seed for a reason. They know how to win games. They know how to win close games. So if for some reason Hedgesville is able to stick around, uh, Park South can definitely I think pull it out late. But let's transition now to Jefferson and head coach Craig Hunter, who we also spoke to yesterday. The Cougars have a big matchup with Spring Valley on Saturday at, I believe, 2.30 is kickoff. So it should be an interesting game on Saturday, and let's hear from the head coach, Craig Hunter. 
As we're now joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Coach Craig Hunter. Coach Hunter, big win for your program again to end the season against Washington, which means you guys now move on as the 10th seed in the state playoffs to take on Spring Valley on the road. A tough matchup, but what are you guys gearing up for this week to make sure that you're on the winning side of things to advance in the playoffs? I'll just basically right now, just um, you know, with the short turnaround and you know a team that you you haven't seen before, um, you know, and you they give you ten game films, just trying to break break down enough and not do try to do too much um, in the game film to figure out uh, some some key weaknesses we see in their offense and defense and things, so we can exploit some things, um, making sure everybody's healthy. Um, and just getting ready, getting ready for team. I'm just getting ready to go and travel, and you know, there's a lot of other things that go involved when you got to travel, especially when you got to travel six hours. So, taking care of those details, make sure the kids are ready to go and staying locked in and focused. And coach, while you guys were in the playoffs last year, you mentioned a, a much longer trip this year. So, I guess, how do you make that adjustment to go on the road and, and have that long trip? What are some of the differences when you haven't done that before with this team? Well, we'll, we'll break the trip up. Uh, we'll leave Friday morning. Uh, we'll stop and practice on the way down. Um, we got to set up at the hotel. We rented out. We uh, also reserved the uh, conference rooms so we can have coaches meetings and things of that nature with the kids when we get down there in the hotel. So, I mean, those are the ways we're trying to break things up with this long trip this year as opposed to, um, you know, another short trip to Bridgeport. Follow-up to that, Coach. Uh, back-to-back years now getting this team into the playoffs after – uh, not making it since 2016, I believe it was. So what's it been like to see the program kind of back where you wanted it to be and had a consistent playoff team now the last two years? Um, it's always a good thing um, to get the kids back and to get the team back in the playoffs. You know, the kids get excited for it. The community's excited for it. So, you know, it gets things, it gets the program pumping back up again. Um, you know, hopefully with that, you can get the excitement buzz around the program again. You get more kids come wanting to come out for the program and um, it just continues to grow and get better. What's your scouting report that you've been able to get ready for from Spring Valley? Uh, well, they they like to run the ball. I mean that's I mean that's gonna be it. We want to be at a point where we can we want to be able to stop the run. Uh, if we can stop the run enough, um, I think that puts us in, in, a, in a good opportunity to win the game. Um defensively, um they want to. They get after it. They pursue the ball well. They're good up front. They're really good up front. Explosive. Um, so we just got to um, take care of the take care of the trenches. Uh, try to get the ball in the hands of our playmakers and uh, let them work. Coach, how do you feel? Uh, you guys match up with them. Kind of different styles. You guys more of a spread offense, and like you said, they're a very run heavy uh, football team. We have. Uh, I mean, well, they're more like I said. They're more. Of a, they're more of a um, powerhouse uh, team. Is going to actually. You know, um, try to smash mouth us, and we were kind of a more of a, a finesse team. So, I mean, with that being said, uh, the two different styles, um, you know, somebody actually has weaknesses on one side or the other. So, I think, you know, we have a good chance of going down the fourth set. Alrighty, coach, any final thoughts? Uh, like always, go Cougars. Alrighty, thank you, and good luck. Again, that was the head coach of the Jefferson Cougars. Craig Hunter and that'll be an interesting game because as we mentioned for Musselman who we have tomorrow against Wheeling Park and that game being moved from Friday to Thursday to try to avoid the rain Spring Valley down in Huntington it's also expected to rain on Friday so they'll be playing on the field 
after the fact on Saturday. And that begs the question, will the condition of the field uh, wreak havoc on that game for both sides? It definitely could. And that's the thing. You know, would you rather play during the rain or after? When you're playing on a grass field, it probably doesn't work too well to play in either of those situations. But um, I think there still is, while that, that rain may be advantage Spring Valley in terms of slowing down some of Jefferson's speed, you got to remember that Jefferson has one of the best running backs in the state in Evan Toole, who just broke the career rushing record uh, at Jefferson. So congratulations to Evan on doing that. And having Tool in the backfield allows you to play that physical style of football if you're have, if you're forced to do that in the rain. Uh, and quarterback Dylan Herrick is also a good runner as well. So in that sense, it, it's still something that I think Jefferson can play through. But we know that Spring Valley might have a little bit more size, be a little bit more physical than Jefferson. So you would prefer uh, clear conditions, I think, if you're the Cougars. Hopefully that field is you know dry enough that it doesn't play that much of a factor in the game. Um, I doubt it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I would doubt it as well. With, with the way the weather's forecasted right now, that, that field's going to be sloppy. We've seen it sloppy before for Martinsburg's sake, and it wasn't fun. Yeah, and typically when you get matched up with a Spring Valley-like team in the first round, you would favor spring valley by a good bit but i think this year they're they're not playing as well as you probably would expect from spring valley at this point in the season where maybe jefferson can go in and get this upset i I still think it's a tough challenge for the cougars but i would give them a much better chance than i would in a normal year going to spring valley and you got to remember that dylan herrick he's not really a throw first quarterback in some people's minds, maybe. He, he's very mobile. He can use his feet and very well, as well as we've seen throughout the year. And if he can't throw the ball to his receivers because of the conditions, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him tool and then you use those guys like Keyshawn Robinson, Spencer Powell, Isaiah Fritz in the backfield, too, and just go from there. I mean, you, you got to adapt if you want to get the win. Yeah, that's definitely tough to do one week before the playoffs when the offense has worked so well for you all year typically you don't want to change things like that but it definitely could be a factor in the game uh, that they could use that offensive style and I would say this too Dalen Herrick has improved a lot as a passer as the season's gone on Uh, we saw what he was able to do in that Hedgesville game where he looked really good throwing the football want to make a correction too it's a 130 kickoff uh, for Jefferson Spring Valley on Saturday. I think I said it was at 2.30. So uh, 1.30 kickoff. And then the other interesting thing kind of there is that Marshall will be playing a home game as well. So it uh, might not be as big of a crowd as you would expect for a high school playoff game. Or maybe Marshall play? Well, it's the 75 That's true. Game. So, yeah. So it, could it doesn't be, matter. Yeah. It, a lot of people are going to be there compared to – But I believe to, it is uh, Appalachian State. a lot State. of traffic. Yeah, it's App State. So it's a good matchup. That is. So – Alrighty. That's all I really got, Kyle. So that does. That's all I have as well. That's good. Perfect uh, ending to our first segment, which is brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to Hagerstown 
Ford.com. We'll take a break and be back for more of the sports mix on the other side of that break on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Just take those old records off. Welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin. Spencer has the day off. And uh, Colin, you've been in that chair today pretty much all day. Yeah, I have. It's kind of weird uh, having to do it this morning for Rob as he's out sick with uh, laryngitis. Hopefully, his yearly if he's sickness. healthy tomorrow, he'll be back, he said. So he's yeah. on the day-to-day. Didn't day-to-day. have to put him on the IR or anything. So not the PUP list. So That's good to hear. Hopefully, Rob is back tomorrow. But uh, in terms of what we got to talk about in this segment of the Sports Mix, we're going to talk uh, some more national sports uh, let's talk college football, Colin. Uh, playoff rankings coming out last night, and it's one of the more interesting top fours we've had since the playoff system has been announced with that top four looking like TCU in the top four along with Georgia, of course, number one, Ohio State, Michigan, and then TCU rounding things out. So, Georgia, Ohio State, those teams have been in quite a bit. Michigan's been in the top four in terms of like mid-season rankings and stuff like that. But well, they also made the playoffs last year after beating yeah, that's Ohio true. State, you got to remember. But TCU has not been in the playoffs yet. They've been in the rankings, I believe, before in the first ones when TCU and Baylor were very close. But I don't think they've been in the top four. So it's kind of a, a different top four, and a lot of that has to do with, well, Alabama has two losses. So... It's interesting to see. I was surprised Tennessee was not still in there, personally. I actually was not. This is actually the top four because of the rankings and the way teams are playing that I felt like you actually had to go with at least this week because those four top teams are all the undefeated teams. Everybody else has one or more losses. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan – one of those two between Ohio State, Michigan, when they match up, you got to expect either of them to bounce out of it, kind of just like we saw with Tennessee now being in fifth because of losing to Georgia. So for Tennessee fans, I, I don't think they're out of it yet because I think they make it back in when either Ohio State or Michigan loses. But from there, if Georgia loses the SEC championship, which I don't expect them to, I think they go undefeated. But if they do lose, that would become interesting. If TCU loses, I think they're out, period, end of story. And we'll see a one-loss team, maybe Oregon? Because I'm already saying Tennessee goes in because of the loser of Ohio State and Michigan. There's still a lot of time for this to change, But when you continue to look at it, I mentioned a few weeks ago that crazy scenario that we had with the eight teams. And let's say 
that you still have a SEC champion with one or two losses. Do right, they like in? if LSU were to run the table from here on out and win the yeah. SEC championship. Do you put them in? I think you'd have to. Uh, even though they'd be a two-loss team, I mean, they'd have wins over Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia. That's very tough to not put you in, uh, even though they'd be a two-loss team. And I guess it would somewhat depend on how the other schools do, but I just look at their resume and what it would be, and I think you'd have to throw the LSU Tigers in there. I think there's a good chance that TCU could lose a game here in the next few weeks. They got Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State. I think they could lose to Texas this week, uh, which would shake some things up because I believe they've trailed in like every game this season or something crazy like that and they just keep I finding think you're ways right. they to win keep finding ways to win but you're on the road against texas but if i remember correctly i think it's tcu that's won i believe it was either seven or eight of the last 10 meetings against texas yeah, texas has been down so that doesn't really surprise me but, but texas is still a pretty solid team this year i mean 18th in the country you're on the road that that's no easy task definitely isn't you got back-to-back road games between texas and baylor i agree i would not be surprised if tcu even though they've been finding ways to win all season long drops one of those two yeah so i think at this point in the year what you're looking at is we're going to see I think Ohio State or Michigan will be in, depending on who wins that game in a few weeks, and then that team will go on to win the Big Ten championship. Yeah, because um, I don't expect Ohio State to lose to either Indiana or Maryland. The only possible chance in the regular season would be against Michigan, and the same thing goes for Michigan as I'm trying to quickly pull up the Wolverine schedule. I don't see them losing to Nebraska. I don't see them losing at home to illinois maybe if it was at illinois since illinois is a decent program this year i'd be maybe a little bit more worried but i'm not since it's in the big house and then we know that whoever wins the sec probably gets in even if it's a two loss lsu i still think they get in so those last two spots which would be crazy to see two sec teams still probably because that's true You'd georgia probably would probably still get in, in yeah even without the conference championship being a one loss team that's a good point i didn't think about that yeah i wonder if it would be yeah. georgia lsu as a two loss conference champion and where Ohio would you State rank or Michigan, LSU? and I guess then you'd rank them like two probably do, do you still have tennessee in there if they're a one loss team <laughs> do you have thing. three sec teams i mean i guess it would depend on what happens in the big 12 and the pac 12 where you could still make the argument then for Oregon and TCU. If TCU is undefeated, then they probably get in. Yes. If they're one loss, I'd probably give the edge to Oregon because the Pac-12 has been a little bit better than the Big 12 this year. So that's kind of where I'm looking at things from a college football standpoint. But it's definitely been a more interesting year. I think this has been a good year for college football, that there's this many teams that have kind of separated themselves. And even though Georgia, I think, looks like the clear-cut number one is probably going to win it all. The fact that we're still talking about six or seven teams that could get into the playoffs, even eight teams, I think at this point, is good for yeah, college football. Because can USC and Oregon match up in the Pac-12 championship? I, I believe so. 
Because, no. I mean, you got to look at them as an outside chance as well, being a one-loss Pac-12 champion team to maybe put them in over Tennessee, who would be a one-loss team. And I still wouldn't completely count out a Clemson or even... Exactly. We, we've seen... In a crazy scenario, Alabama still championships don't always matter. Yeah. With and, this college football playoff committee. In a crazy scenario, you could still see Alabama getting the division and getting in. That's true as well. I mean, LSU would need to be upset, but at this point... So I think the Pac-12, yeah, they don't have divisions, so it would be the two top teams, which right now would be Oregon and USC, which a one-loss Oregon, their one loss is to Georgia, correct? Uh, Week one of the season, yeah, 49-3. to So that kind of hurts them because... It wasn't even close. They'd be the four seed. Do you really need to see that again? But also, no. if they have the best resume overall, maybe you do put them in. I don't know. I don't know either. But you just brought up that LSU could possibly upset, be upset. And the only one that I see a realist would probably be at Texas A&M last game of the season. And A&M's had so many issues this year. It's kind of hard to imagine I mean, that. At happening. Arkansas this week, what do you think? A noon kickoff? No, I, I don't. You got I think UAB. LSU's playing that's too the, good of football. That's at that SEC second to last week of the season cupcake game for no reason, right? Yeah. So, so they're probably going to win out, but it, it could happen. You never know. It could happen, but the fact that Alabama's already a two-loss team, I think, unless for crazy circumstance they make it to the SEC championship, as you said, and would somehow win that. Because they're not a bad team, even with those two losses. People look at two losses and are like, ah, it's a different Alabama team, which you're not fully wrong because, one, they did lose. But, two, you look at those losses, it was a three-point loss to Tennessee and then a one-point loss. So it wasn't like blowout games or a touchdown game. It was last-second plays for both of them. It was a walk-off field goal and then a two-point conversion. Yeah, That's the only reason... Alabama is not talked about as Alabama this year. Alabama is the Spring Mills of the EPAC. They were two games away from being in the playoffs by just a few points, Colin. I think that's where the comparison stops, but I'll give it to you. (laughs) Similar color scheme. They both have red in their uniforms. That's about it. Okay, okay. But uh, we do have a final from EPAC, or not EPAC volleyball, but state volleyball. Musselman wins in three sets. No surprise there. They beat George Washington 25-16, 25-12, and 25-8. So we can maybe talk a little bit more about that later in the show, but just wanted to get that out there, that Musselman uh, able to win in the first round, and they play all of that in one day. So that's kind of uh, The first half, not the oh, state okay. championship. My state bad. championship is still tomorrow. But yes, you still got Hedgesville to play later today, but now you got two matches finished. I know you said we'll talk a little bit about it more tomorrow, but the other match that took place was number five Bridgeport winning three sets to two over number four Woodrow Wilson. All right. So very good. Well, Colin, let's transition now to Major League Baseball. We haven't really had a chance to talk about this and the uh awards. Of course you got the AL and NL MVPs to discuss. The ALNL Cy Young's Rookie of the Year and the AL, I think, has some interest for us. I don't know if we need to talk NL, too, but we could if you want. And uh, 
manager of the year as well. All of those finalists have been announced. The awards will be announced next week. Uh, Colin, who do you think is the AL MVP this year? It's, I think there's a two-guy race, really. Yeah, it's definitely between Judge and Otani, I feel like. I mean, Alvarez, if you count the postseason, but which they count. usually don't. So, exactly. But he still had a pretty solid season when it came to the regular season. I mean, the Astros were the best team in the AL this year. So... I guess you got to put him in the conversation, but I still think he's third out of those two. And I'm still going with Aaron Judge as my AL MVP, even though I do not like the Yankees. And Otani, I just feel like, yes, he had crazy stats. We haven't seen a guy that can pitch and play outfield and hit like him he is definitely a special talent that everybody says is Babe Ruth-esque but the team's horrible and I feel like you got to take that into action and that's why you got to go with Judge yeah I think it's a tough race there because what stands out to me is Shohei Otani is doing things that like you said we haven't seen since Babe Ruth and he's doing it better than Babe Ruth ever did so we've really never seen a guy be such a good pitcher and such a good hitter at the same time 233 era 15 and 9 record but the team not making the playoffs typically that doesn't mean as much in baseball as it does in basketball and football when you come to mvp votes mike trout wins it all the time and his team hasn't been good on the same exact team and the angels I think the thing that helps judge is it was a historic season for home runs in the American League. And that for that fact alone, I think he does get the MVP, plus his team was a playoff team. But it's so hard to not vote Shohei Otani when you see a guy bat 273, hit 34 home runs, have a 233 ERA, and a 15-9 and record. Like We're not going to see another guy like this again. I don't think, or at least not in our lifetime because he's a once in a lifetime type of player and for, and he's never been seen before. So I don't even know if you could call him that because Babe Ruth, while he was able to do both, he wasn't able to do it at this level. He was a better hitter yeah. than he was a pitcher by a long shot. So no, I completely agree with that, but I, I'm going to stick with judge and you got to take the aspect of, he helped his team make the playoffs, and if you take either one of them out of the picture, which team do you think that actually hurts more? And I think That's it's true. the Yankees would definitely have been hurt more this season if Judge was not there, and you can clearly tell that is true if you look at the stretch that they had as soon as the All-Star break finished and how bad the Yankees were for a little bit there at least almost a month, and it was Judge that was still shining that kept them in those games to get to the 100-win season. Yeah, I think that's the the one with the most debate there is the AL MVP race. Colin, since we're kind of low on time, do you want to go through these a little bit quicker Yeah, with the rest of the league? So National League, the nominees are Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Manny Machado. Who would be your choice there? I'd love to see Machado get it. 
But do you think he will? Probably not. Who do you think? I'd probably go with Paul Goldschmidt. He was close at one point to the Triple Crown. He didn't finish with it, but I still think he gets that award. 317, 35 homers, 115 RBIs. I think that's good enough for the MVP. All right, American League Cy Young. We got Dylan Cease, Alex Manoa, and Justin Verlander. Manoa, of course, being a WVU product, so let's go with him, Colin. That's who I was going to go with. And then uh, NL Cy Young, you got Max Freed, Julio Juarez, and Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins. It's an interesting list there. Who, who do you like? Max Freed. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Freed had a good year in the NL. Rookie of the year for the AL, we want to see Adley, but it's going to be Julio Rodriguez, I think. I'd love to see it be Adley, but I agree. I think it's going to be Julio just because he played a little bit longer. The NL, not as good of a list here. Brendan Donovan from the Cardinals, Michael Harris from the Braves, and Spencer Strider from the Braves. Two Braves. Yeah, we had two Cardinals for the... Cy Young, I think it was, right? Or was it? No, NL MVP. Yes. So, another two-team list, but I still like uh, Donovan. I don't think you go with either Brave. I think you go with the cards guy and Brendan Donovan. Yeah, I think that's a good choice as well. And then uh, second league and, or manager of the year, I should say. Uh, Brandon Hyde's in there. I don't know if he gets it there because the Orioles didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. I know. They had a great turnaround, but I don't know if just having a great turnaround is enough for him to get those votes. So I, I think, think he gets it next year. I'll go with that. But this year, I think you got to go with the Mariners. Yeah, I was leaning towards Scott. Manager Scott. Sa- service. Service as well. But Francona did a lot of good things with the Guardians. That is true. They were division champions this year when they weren't expected to. But also, I think the Mariners, the Mariners won the playoff Yeah, was it drought. 20 years? Yeah. So if you end a playoff drought like that, and then I think you gotta go with it. NL, I think Buck Showalter might get it too. again. He kind of racks like up Buck. the the manager of the year awards, but unfortunately for Showalter, he hasn't been able to rack up the championships. Uh, but I think that does it for this segment, Colin. I do too. So this segment brought to you by Orsini's, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets in design, bedding, and outdoor living. Family owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to orsinis.com and we'll be back for more of the sports mix on the other side of this break on Talk Radio WR and R and TV 10. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM. AM 740 and TV 10. Felt like I had to pull a little Spencer here since he's not here. Still play one of the songs that he always loves to do on the show, Nick. That's true. I mean, Spencer is the real Slim Shady. He is. I've heard him sing he's done Slim yourself. Shady stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I had a I had a name for him that was like something similar to that, but I can't remember what it was. Something with Dupuy. I don't know what it is now. So the real Shady Spencer, yeah, the real Slim Spencer, the real Slim Spencer. I don't know. I'm not familiar with what I am even talking about right now, Colin. But we welcome you back to today's edition of Sports Mix. 
Nick Verzellini alongside me is Colin McLaughlin. Spencer has the day off, so it's just Colin and I. And uh, it's been a good show so far, and we're going to continue to talk sports. We'll go regional. Colin, we got a big game for the Washington Capitals tonight, uh, playing their rivals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, which you can hear right here on Talk Radio WRNR. Um, big game, Colin. Early in the season, whenever these two teams get together, it's uh, it's important. I mean, it's probably the biggest rivalry in the NHL, or at least one of them. And I'd say it's the biggest. I, I would too, just because I'm a fan of the Capitals. I'd always argue that the rivalries that my team has are the biggest ones, and they've been able to match up a few times in the playoffs. And whenever it's Crosby versus Ovechkin. Even if you're not a true hockey fan, sometimes you want to tune in just to see two of the best guys in the NHL for the past almost two decades now go at it, and you can on TNT tonight. So it's a national broadcasted game. The Penguins, a little bit of a slow start, 4-6-2. The Capitals are exactly 500 at 6-6-2. It's in Washington, so hopefully it should be a good crowd and i'm looking forward to seeing if ovechkin can uh stay hot he already has eight goals and five assists so far in the 14 games and i want to see him reach that second all-time goal scorer here soon as i believe he's either 14 or 15 away from breaking and i think he's at 788 and he'd need to get to i believe 802 to tie and then 803 to pass. I might be one off there, but it's Penguins Caps. So, yeah, I mean, if there's a hockey game that I would tune into, it'd be these two teams. Uh, part of that might be because of my family being from Pittsburgh. So, a lot of them are Penguin fans. And I, I don't know if I'm a Capitals fan, but I've rooted for the Capitals in the past just because I've usually rooted for the Baltimore and DC teams that being kind of my dad's side of the family so um you know the both teams are kind of off to i'd say slow starts in terms of what you typically see from these teams Uh, i don't know if that has to do with them maybe aging a little bit and maybe we're starting to see their drop off or it's just you know a slow start because the slow start you know i don't know what necessarily to explain it but it does seem like the capitals have played a little bit better as of late with the win or Edmonton the other day, 5-4. to four. Their defense could definitely use some work, it looks like, early in the yeah, season. Yeah, and that's what I goals, mentioned so. after that win against Edmonton because each game that you've played in the month of November so far, you've allowed three-plus goals in. Yeah, so you're going to need to clean that up. And this could be the game that Pittsburgh maybe uh, figures some things out because you've seen the Capitals struggle defensively. Maybe this is the one that sparks their offense a little bit and they're able to get a win, but um, definitely should be a fun matchup. Like you said, Ovechkin, Crosby, it's kind of like the Brady Manning of hockey yeah, or LeBron, Kobe, when they were both going at it. You know, it's two guys that are at the top of their game, at the top of their sport, maybe at the end of their careers now, but still really good players and still the leaders for their teams in the major stat categories. So should be fun. I'll have to tune into a little bit of it, maybe even. All of it. 
Oh, I don't know. I always watch Survivor on Wednesdays. Oh, uh, yeah, so. Survivor night. And it's still early in the NHL season. That It's late I in feel the like... Survivor season, right, at this point? Yeah. I don't follow Survivor, so you we should. don't have any time to talk about that. It's, but It's okay. It's not a sport. I mean, it's a reality show. You could argue it's I mean, they do athletic some, things. Exactly. Yeah. And but it's a competition. It is. So. But, um... Back to the national scene. We'll talk a little NFL news as this could be really regional news too, depending on uh, where this player ends up landing. But there's reports that Jerry Jones is trying to get Odell Beckham Jr. to suit up with the Cowboys. It seems like there's a report every week that a new NFL team is recruiting OBJ, but he hasn't signed with anybody. There's the rumor that he might go to the Chiefs when they had – Renegotiated uh, Travis Kelsey's contract, but obviously they went in a different direction when they traded for Canavius Tony. So, yeah, I'm looking at all these teams that right now ESPN has that uh, are claiming that they're interested in OBJ, and there's one team left off that that's the regional tie that I'm surprised in because all you see are Bills, Cowboys, Rams, Giants. 49ers, Chiefs, Packers. What happened to the Ravens? Were the Ravens ever interested? Or I thought they did were. everybody just put them linked to OBJ because we know they need a receiver? You could be right there, but they I, should be interested. <laughs> I yeah, like. I would welcome Odell Beckham Jr. coming to the team. I think he could help out a little bit, but it's definitely been a weird scenario there because one, he is injured, so he's coming off of another major injury. I think his original plan was probably to go back to the Rams, but they might not even make the playoffs, so what would be really the purpose of him going there? And now it's like, where does he fit in best? I think he would fit in well with the Ravens. He would have a good chance to be their, at least talent-wise, be their number one receiver. They're winning the division right now, too. Do you want to go to a wild-card team in Dallas? Do you want to betray your former... New York Giants in the fan base. Well, he already kind of did that by leaving originally. Yeah, but it's a rival that you're going to now. It's kind of like Deshaun when he went to Washington after being an Eagle for so long. There's a lot of options out there for OBJ, um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I think I don't know where he ends up. I don't think it'd be Green Bay because I don't think they're going to be playoff relevant. So. And I don't think it's going to be the 49ers because they just got McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, he's a receiver, but I don't I know still, if they need I, him I don't too know. Much. Yeah, I don't think they need him because even though, yes, I agree, OBJ's a receiver, CMC's a running back, but he's, he's, able to he's catch a receiver, the ball yeah. The they they have enough guys that them. I don't think they need him. Yeah, maybe Buffalo. I mean, I know they don't necessarily need him, but... To help. It I wouldn't guess it hurt. Would help for the 49ers too, but yeah, we'll see. I hope he ends up with the Ravens, even though I'm not certain if that's a realistic possibility. But I wouldn't mind seeing him in Baltimore, uh, even though it doesn't seem like they are very interested. And we don't even know really when he's going to be back and playing, which is another big question for me. I've been seeing a lot of jokes circling around the Washington fan base on social media. 2023. For the commanders, all right? Yeah. New ownership, new head coach, Sean Payton, which I I, I don't think is going to happen. I like Ron Rivera. You wouldn't take Sean Payton? I don't know. 
I mean, if the team continues to lose out, maybe. I don't know if this is real. And then quarterback, Lamar. Yeah, I don't know if this is real, but I did see a quote from Sean Payton. It might have been a fake quote, though. So I didn't really investigate it, but it was sent to me by a friend that Sean Payton said that him and Lamar are both free agents. Yeah, I saw that. I think. I don't know if it was real or not, but... I hope he doesn't as we're getting close to try to crunch steal time. Lamar Jackson unless he wants so. to come to Baltimore and be the offense coordinator. Segment brought to you by Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. We'll be back for the final minute of the sports mix after this two-minute commercial break on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. All righty, lightning round for the final minute is the final minute brought to you by the Marys Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Got to make a quick correction. Not the Capitals tonight on our airwaves. We have the Bob Huggins Show for the first time this season on Talk Radio WRNR tonight. Thanks, Nick. Spencer will be back tomorrow on the Sports Mix as well. I'm Colin McLaughlin. Quick update for you on the high school volleyball spectrum of the state tournament. Musselman again got the win. They play at 6.30 against Bridgeport today to... Hopefully, advance to tomorrow's 11 a.m. state championship. Hedgesville plays later this afternoon after the 1.30 game. This is Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, West Virginia.